Who the bloody hell's that? Morning, Ange. Oh, Anthony, how are we? I'm really well, how are you? <laughs> Come on in. I will do, thank you. Did that sound staged? Just a little, no, it's fine. No, fine, yeah. I'm going to embrace the whole lounge pant thing next time. I'm going to put my University of New Hampshire lounge pants on. You should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to chapter 149 of the Corona Diaries. 149. Was that as good as last week? (laughs) Oh, no. No. no, but last week, I don't think you're matching that, mate. I don't think you're coming close to that. I've peaked, haven't I? Yeah. All well, right. maybe for, you know, for this year. For this year. Um, should we should we talk a bit or we sh- and see if people can guess who it is? Yeah. Ooh. Should we do that? Yeah. Yes. What did you have for uh, breakfast this morning, unknown guest? I had porridge. Oh, what a sexy unknown guest. Yes. Can't get a lot from porridge, though. Anything in it? Fresh raspberries. Mm. Bit hard to get hold of at the moment. Okay, that's not that's not how uh, that's not how the Scots eat their porridge. They eat their <laughs> porridge. Yeah, it was it was made with milk as well, not water. Oh no, they eat, they eat their porridge with hairy legs, don't they? And hairy legs and thick socks. I I, I can't stand porridge. Oh, I love. Love porridge. <laughs> right, okay. So if, you, if you're trying to work it out, our guest uh, has had porridge for breakfast and loves porridge. Mm. All right, oh, okay, that's fine. But what did you have for breakfast, Age? Me? Yeah. I don't eat breakfast. That's for Scotsman. Right, okay, fine. Um, I just eat... Uh, what did I have? Did I have anything? I'll say that a bit higher. Did I have anything? <laughs> uh, I had... Uh, I think I, no, I had muesli because I found it. I found a banana that was on the edge, uh, and I thought I I better put that in something sharpish, or I'll have to bin it. Being right. a tight tight Yorkshireman, it really it really messes with me throwing food away. So whenever I see something on the edge, I try and think think of a way I can consume it, <laughs> which causes a lot of food poisoning. I don't mind telling you. Okay. Okay, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm ignoring all that. So, <laughs> trying to centre. Right. So, how are we, work, Anthony? Trying to work out who our guest what is. A... So let's let's go oh, with something yes, else. So. so, guest, you are not at home, are you? I'm not at home at the moment. So where are mm. you? <clears throat> I'm at my daughter's flat in London. She's a student at University Arts London. Right. Okay. That's your her second fourth, clue. Her her fourth is in Spanner but not in pliers. <laughs> so final clue then, guest. Should you really have time to talk to us? Not really, and I really shouldn't be in London either. I should be in front of my laptop with a million spreadsheets. Right, that's your final clue. There's your three clues. I told you she'd be on the lash, didn't I? Yeah. I said, you'll never get, you'll never get <laughs> out of us. She'll be out and about on the lash. You did actually say that. You did actually say. He did actually say that. I did well, say that. Yeah. So there's your three clues. 
Right, so you can all have a guess now. We'll give you ten seconds to have a guess. Right, keep it. Don't, don't, don't cheat. Write mm. it down. Mm. Does everybody write it down? Right. Don't, don't lean too heavily on the porridge. Special guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Before guessing. <laughs> well, I had to have the porridge if I was going out on the lash, you see. So you've got, yes. you know, it's always good yeah. to line your stomach first. Yeah. Lining the stomach. So call then special guest. Who are you? <laughs> it's Stephanie here, Stephanie Bradley, who should oh, be God. busy in front of the laptop with the spreadsheets working on PZ. But I just thought I needed a few hours off today. And that's brilliant because we want to talk about PZ today. So that's all fine. When we need an authority, because I was going to ask H, oh, where are we in planning and what's happening over at, at Port Zealand at the moment? And yes. what would be going on now and what, what's going on on Friday and Ooh. what's going on on Monday and when do you travel? And I realised there was no point asking you any of those questions. Nope. <laughs> uh, you're getting to know me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could ask him whether you'd actually get the right answers. Is... Oh. It's, debatable it's just, well an answer's a start we mm, we, we don't ever say that we're accurate but an answer's a start never, so never Stephanie thank you very much for joining us to answer all those questions because we are only what are we away 10 11 days away yes <laughs> and for those yes. of you who haven't worked out when we keep saying PZ the first Marillion weekend of the, of the season for it's a season <laughs> now um, uh, starts next weekend in Port Zealand it's falling towards us like a grand piano out of a fifteenth floor yes. building. Yes. And it's a, <laughs> they it's have about, started to build a tent, which is good. It's about, it's about <laughs> ten floors down and accelerating. <laughs> well it, it came to mind we ought to talk about it because you messaged me to say hmm. I haven't got many rehearsal days left. Well, I haven't. I wasn't fibbing. No. So you're at the, you're nearly at the end of your prep. Really and all am. your preps about to come to an end, Stephanie, because it gets the shit gets real, doesn't it? It does. It does. In fact, I fly to Port Zealand on Monday, so it's literally counting down the days to get everything done and finished from my point of view to then go over and actually get stuck into all the logistics with the Centre Parks people on the ground. On the ground. Well, before we go there. Before we go there, you have also you've got a TCD confession as well, haven't you? <laughs> mm, yes, I have. <laughs> I am very far behind. I do try to catch up, and then it just gets away from me. And then at Christmas, so I've missed out a few, and then sort of listened around about Christmas time, and then worked out that there was a good way to do it. That if you actually do it at time and a quarter or time and a half you get through them a little bit quicker and it actually makes sense and you don't oh. sound like diddy men and then you can listen to some more of them the Croomcast is a bit weird at the end though i have to say at time and a half i must talk at normal speed <laughs> so that's that's your tip and i think it's a belter so from now on everybody <laughs> Now, if in fact stop now and switch to time and a half now. <laughs> and see how we enjoy the rest of the episode. Right, so that's your top tip. Right, so let's get back to let's get back to weekends, let's get back to all that stuff. And I'll ask questions and please both throw in and we'll see where we're at. So your you just said a minute ago they're building the tent. They have started to build the tent. 
Britain. Right. Unfortunately, there's no snow and there's no high winds um, because I think it was, I think it was last time. It's a bit hard because this is the eighth one and trying to remember what's happened to all the past ones. You're like, was that 2017 or was that 13? But I think it was the last one. We had to delay the building of the tent because the winds were just too high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Them to, to, you know, when they really get the structure up and they're putting all the roof on and everything. So it was, it was a bit sort of like, are we going to get it? You know, is it going to be up in time? But they did. They managed. But at the moment, fingers crossed, the weather is looking just about right for them to get it done. I think they had a bit of sleep this morning, but nothing nothing to write home about. Mm, no, well, right, you, so you, because I, you, I didn't know... <laughs> He won't the, let me get a fucking word in edgeways. Have you know, I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying to be entertaining here. And you won't let me get a word in. Oh, edgeways. were you going to say something funny? Yeah. Oh, go on then. I was going to say that with a bit of sleet, you've got to be careful in those clogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, you're reaffirming how much you love the Dutch, aren't you? There, you're just <laughs> chucking a little cultural stereotype out. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, staying on two feet and clogs in sleet is not straightforward, Anthony. No. And you would know, wouldn't you? Let's be honest, you would know. I would know. Mm. I would. I've got history. And you have. Yeah. I mean, staying mm. on two feet in clogs in Doncaster, irrespective of the weather. It's tricky when somebody's punching you. <laughs> yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah. Especially with the slip-on clogs. Did you slip straight out of them? Can you get lace on ones? Surely you can't. Force of the impact. And the blood makes them slipperier still, of course. Mind you, they are quite substantial. You could do some damage with them, couldn't you? Oh, you can. You can do a lot of damage in a clog. Mostly to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Right, carry on. Pretend pretend I I hadn't shouted you down. I didn't realise that... that the band, effectively, the organisation, Marillion as a thing, built the tent. I just oh. assumed it was there. No. 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 Because right. it doesn't even look like a tent. It looks, for want of a better term, rigid. It is. It is. Right. Yeah. It's built especially for us, and it's to call it a tent is really an understatement. Um, it's, it's a, you know, it's a rigid-sided building, and... It, got masses of scaffolding inside and rigging and all kinds of things that I'm probably saying the wrong words but it's it's a very substantial building so what they actually do they take all the lampposts and the trees out of the car park to build it and then they all go back in afterwards as if we were never there including the trees including the trees the, the trees are like in big pots right okay and then the in this in squares in the grounds though we're not right. you know we're we're being we're being kind to nature right and has it always been the same tent was that from the get-go this was how it was always done yeah yes. yeah from the get-go at port zealand there what there wasn't a, a hall there big enough to accommodate my ego <laughs> so something had to be constructed right. and and we I think this year's tent is even bigger, isn't it? I think we've it gone is. for some, we've gone for a bigger a bigger erection than right. ever before, Anthony. Right. It's it, I think it's wider as well. <laughs> wider rather than longer. This is a whole different discussion. <laughs> 
but but very very rigid but very very rigid right i messaged you last week because i slipped hard and purple into the notes i know you did and i don't know, I don't know if anybody had noticed um but anyway uh, so we just need we just need w- wider than last year and just as rigid as the episode title <laughs> don't we really Oh, it's childish, isn't it? But it is, really. Where would we be? Where, where would we where, be without yeah, exactly. it? And... Exactly. Well, we'd, we'd probably be a lot further up the podcast ratings. We would, but, <laughs> um, but we... To be honest. <laughs> um, but, so, just just on, on erections then, is this the only erection you, you've got to deal with this season, Stephanie? I hope so. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, okay. I mean, she's worn out already. Look she at is. her. Yeah. So everywhere else you go, you've been catered for. Definitely. <laughs> right. Yeah. All the other, the five other weekends that we do are established venues. Some right. of which we've been to before and some of which will be new. Will be new. Yeah. Right. Okay. But but all so, of them will, will have been there before we got there and will be there after we've gone. Right. <laughs> Unlike the one in Portsmouth that's only there when we're there. Right. So, final final erection question: Did <laughs> did you work out how to do that, or did the venue have previous, or did you have to research it all and find a way of no, making it work? No, it was the band, wasn't it? Collectively, yeah, that the, we we came up with the whole plan. Lu, Lu, Lucy, I think Lucy went and had a meeting with them and said, you know, we we want to do this, and have you got any? Have you got a have you got a hole big enough? And they went, oh, no. And, oh, right, and they, forget that then. And and then I think some bright spark said, well, we could perhaps build one on the car park. And so then beards were stroked. Is that what happened? And then there was a stroking of beards, and then um, somebody stopped stroking their beard and um, suggested a temporary erection of right. some sort. Most erections are temporary. As a, as well, in, in my experience, I couldn't possibly come <laughs> no, out, I darling. I, I didn't think you would. Right, okay. So tents being taken care of. So when does gear arrive? What arrives next? And is it, I'm assuming it's gear that arrives next. You must let the sound and the lighty people in. Is that is that right? That all arrives on Sunday. Right. So Stumpy and Rich and Jens from the production crew arrive on Sunday. The two trucks with all the gear arrives. And then they start to ship that in. What about a stage? They've got to build a stage in there as well. So, I think that's, that's part of the, 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 the general tent erection. That's, that's already happened by the time that they get there on Sunday. Right. Mm. So it's not only big enough for your ego, it includes somewhere where you can be elevated as well. Yes. And on occasions I've been far too elevated for comfort and it's caused trouble. You've but, come down uh, to earth with a bump. I'm through with all that now. Right. Okay. Yeah, that, that counts as one of the most terrifying moments. <laughs> <laughs> well, for you, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, one minute you were there, and then you yeah. weren't, and we were like, "Oh no!" When I fell through the hole. Yeah. Mm. Oh, oh, it was worse than that. Which one was the one before? I nearly never got on stage at all. That might have been worse. Anyway, anyway, let's, anyway. let's move on. 
I was I've been elevated and I've I've, yes. I've and I have also plummeted. Indeed. So they're going out Sunday. You're getting there Monday as well. On Monday, yep. Right. Okay. Some of the rest of the crew get there Monday. Then the rest of the crew get there on Tuesday. And some of the band get there on Tuesday and then the rest of the band get there on Wednesday and then more crew get there on Thursday and then most of the punters arrive on Thursday. Right. Okay. So that's a very quick whistle stop. So you're on the ground first just to point and direct and shout. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Really, but my role when I get there is to oversee all the check-in to make sure that everything's set and ready for when all the fans arrive so that check-in goes smoothly Everyone gets their keys, their wristbands. And there's a lovely lady called Miriam who helps me with that. She's an absolute star. Mm. And all of the team there. And Dolly and Ariane, who is somebody new who's helping us. Because we used to have Bianca who helped us over the last five weekends. And she's moved on and we have Ariane to help us now. Right. All the staff there, I have to say, oh, are amazingly helpful. Mm. Yeah. And they just love it. They love the event. Yeah, well, you wouldn't be going... I mean, if the staff weren't, you wouldn't be going back, would you? I mean, this, this is part of what I guess where, you know, it's built up such a such a kind of reputation or such a kind of... There's, there's a... Well, I mean, we know... And, and to be honest, I'll tell everybody at this point in time, I unfortunately can't make it this year. I, have a, I was booked to go, <laughs> but I have a... I have a, a, a an issue with my family. There's there's uh, a, um, one of one of my family's going into hospital, and I've got to be around to just around that time. And it's just fallen at all the wrong time. Um, oh, but shame. I was desperate to come because of everything I've seen and everything I've heard. And and back to what you said, Stephanie. I mean, it's be, because of everything coming together so beautifully. All the th- all, everything collides, doesn't it, to create this magical thing? It does. It's it it's astonishing. You know, when I, when I did the first one back in 2007, it's very hard to imagine how the event could happen. And also when you're, you know, you're explaining that to Centre Parks, you know, this is going to happen on this day and this is going to happen and there won't be any trouble and there's all these people and they, you know, I don't think they in the, themselves could picture what it would be like. Mm. But the only way to describe it, I think it's like, it's like the biggest family holiday you could go on, a fab, but a family of 3,000 people from all, almost all over the world who just meet and mix and sit and listen and enjoy and really just have the best time. Which makes it sound nothing like a family holiday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess because they don't all live together, you know, at home, so it's, yeah. you know... <laughs> Yeah, I get it. I get it. So, H, when do you get there then? Well, I'm going to get there this time on uh, Wednesday. Right. I'm I'm going to Holland on Tuesday, but then um, I'm doing something that I I can't talk about. Okay. Um, in 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 Amsterdam, and then on Wednesday, I'm. I've, do you know, I have no idea how I'm getting from Amsterdam to Portland, but I'm imagining so, someone will help. Um, There's a taxi organised for you and Mark. Oh, what, is he in Amsterdam? He will be flying in that day. Yeah, but he'll be in Schiphol. It's not the same taxi, 
Is it? We don't need to tell everyone bore everyone with that. Whistle that. No. Out. <laughs> I'm quite perfectly happy to go on a bike. Right. It's a long way to cycle. <laughs> it's fairly flat though, isn't it? It's flat though. True. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is flat and uh, I'll I'll pack my soft clogs. So you're welcoming people to the event. And then you've got all that, because the other bit in all this that's not part of a normal gig is that people are living there for three days. So so there's all the detritus that comes with people existing, you know, more than temporarily for a few hours. So you've got all that to deal with as well, you know, which is, and I've forgotten this and I haven't got that. And has anybody got a spare toothbrush? That kind of thing going on. Mm. Um, and I'm sure there's lots of that. And I'm sure you've, every single question of the sun, you've probably had leveled at you. Pretty much so. Um, H, do you obviously you'll sound shape, but do you do any last minute rehearsal? Do you use Wednesday, Thursday, or do you? Uh, we've we've got noise restrictions in the hall, um, so it's a bit tricky. We're not allowed the PA on until I don't think until I'm not sure when it is, but we're not allowed to make much noise. We're not allowed to have the PA on much either. So it's not like we can just. Uh, set up and rehearsal Wednesday afternoon or Thursday afternoon, even if the crew were ready and the gear was up and the stage was up and everything was, you know, zipped up and nailed down, we still wouldn't be able to make a lot of noise. So we will obviously try to rehearse as much as we possibly can because no matter how ready... I mean, the thing is, we're we're in rehearsal at the moment at the studio, and I've never heard it sounding better, any of it. Um, So we're in really good shape, but of course we're going to have to stop on Friday because the equipment will go out on Saturday, and then it'll be a good five or six days before the first show. Hmm. Um. And five or six days is enough for some of that stuff to fall out of your ears Mm. that you've gone to all that trouble to learn. Um, So we will try and 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 even if it's quiet, you know, run run through a few things. Um, I dare say, Mark and Steve and and well, all of us really, to some degree, will will rehearse quietly and. Our private little spaces, you know, the th- the the things we've we think. Well, I don't really know that. I'd better, I, I, you know, I'd, I'd better do a bit of revision. There's a lot of revision goes on over the weekend at Portsmouth because it is about seven hours of music, hmm. which is one hell of a lot for a, a human being to to keep in their heads. And it's not like these are three minute pop tunes of verse, chorus, verse, chorus, middle eight. You know, you you can learn that shit in no time at all. But our stuff is, you know, complicated. You can't bluff your uh, stuff, can you? Well, yeah, I think we've proved you can. <laughs> but uh, learning it is is quite. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping you won't fluff it and and preparing it is we do. You you wouldn't always know we had, but uh, we do. No, but you know what I mean. I mean, and I'm not going to knock ZZ Top here, but if somebody had to depth in ZZ Top, you know, for an evening, you, 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 two of songs in, you're probably all right, aren't you? You probably kind of know where everything's going to go. Yeah, yeah, I, I could probably rock up and do a ZZ Top gig on my own tomorrow. 
I think you without, should. Without rehearsing it. Yeah, I think you should, actually. And that's not... You just need being... to grow a really good beard, though. Yeah, well, uh, you can strap one on. You can indeed. I'm leaving that. I'm not even going there. I'm resisting the temptation. See, I'm getting better. Right. Um, shall we... Oh, actually, one thing I need to say to you, actually. H, Who? Oh, to really? you. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you packed, has anybody packed any TCD journals for the merch stand? Oh, um, well, I can. It's I don't know. I'm I'm probably not allowed, am I? I'm not allowed. No. I'm not, allow- I'm not allowed. We've already set all the merch and right. I've been laminating all the display sheets right. and everything and, and I don't have one for those, I'm afraid. I don't think right, we've right. got any room left. Well, well, no, that's fine. That's fine. But I might have to set up a stall outside my chalet. No, don't do that because I'm already <laughs> in trouble. Do I'll do, put a trestle table out. No, don't do that because I'm already in trouble. But, <laughs> but if possible, are you going? But you're going back into racket this week, aren't you? I am. Yes. Right. Can you pick up a journal for Jem Wellings, who's in California, who's wanted one for ages, and the the postage was prohibitive? Can you pick one up for Jen? I'll I'll make sure I've got one for Jen Wellings. Right. There we are, perfect. That you give it to question. me, then she can pick it from me at reception when she checks in. There we are, all that sorted. That's perfect. Right now, Cracking. on the subject of merch, because it's all kicked off this week a little bit because of what we said in last week's Corona Diaries. Because I got a message, what and you know you who say? I got a message from. You know when you get a little ping on your phone and fear strikes your heart. <laughs> uh... Uh, did we did we do something out of order, Anthony? Yes. So I just need to clarify that the purple bracelets that that you mentioned oh last week, oh my lord, yeah, yeah, are, aren't on the merch stand. They will be no, on the charity not. stall on the charity oh, what, stand. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, because it it caused it's a little merch. bit of a rumpus. Oh, yes, uh, there would have been mass confusion. So, right, so yeah. They, the purple bracelets will be on the charity stand, which the lovely Sheila from and the, from the Web UK and all of our fan clubs have devoted a lot of time to getting ready, as well as the, the fans have, have been amazing. They're very crafty, making all these wonderful bits and bobs, knitting, crocheting, sticking, gluing, to raise money for the poor people in Turkey and Syria. And that will all be on sale in the Market Dome at the charity store. And then all the lovely merch that Mark Kennedy has been an absolute star designing will be on sale in the Adventure Factory. I saw a tea towel today. I thought it was great. I didn't know anything about that. (laughs) The tea towel's awesome. Yeah. Stephanie, can you bring me a tea towel back? Make sure they don't all go. (laughs) I'll bring a tea towel Back to make up for the fact that you can't be there, which we are very sad that you can't be there. And I'm gutted beyond gutted, but it was one of those with what's going on. It was it just wasn't a decision. It was it was it was one of those. So I will be there next time. I'll be there next time. And I believe when talking about the charity stuff, and you said about crocheting this and the other, the Baroness has been hard at it as well, hasn't she? (laughs) I believe so. (laughs) Yes, we'll leave that there. We'll leave that there. But so that's all clarified now. And and I knew I was in trouble because there's a WhatsApp ping. I got this ping on my WhatsApp and I thought, that's an irritated <laughs> ping. That's an irritated ping, that. And then, of oh, course, yeah. I glanced down. Uh, uh, Lucy. 
I'm it? not. I'm not saying that out loud. Was it? Was it from on high? It was from on high. It was from on high. Anyway, shall we go for a bit of diary and then come back and and have a? Because I want to ask Stephanie about how she get involved in running in the first place. But let's go for a bit of diary first. Oh, okay. Do that. So, yeah. Oldenburg and Oldenburg and Hamburg. Uh, Friday the twenty sixth, Saturday the twenty seventh. I'll leave it with you. Oldenburg and Hamburg. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll do that I'll do that now. Uh, Stephanie's going to knit a crustacean while she's waiting. Uh, right back. Friday, twenty sixth of November, Oldenburg. Woke up with a sore throat and backache at 11 o'clock and chatted to Elle for a while before checking out. The boys all piled onto the bus to the venue at 12.30. I couldn't see the point, so I'm sitting in the hotel cafe drinking cappuccino. I'll pay up and go and have another look at Oldenburg. As Mosley said yesterday, you could spend a lot of money here. He's right. I'd better be restrained. Ha! Well, I have been. Went and had a look at some boots for Elle for Christmas. Turns out they were €350. Euros. That's a lot if she doesn't like them, and a long way back to swap them. Went back to the clothes shop and tried on sweatshirts. They looked great till I put them on. Gave up. Came to a hair salon to do the roots. Time better spent. Just sat down in the chair and the girl was about to mix the goo to slap on my head when I received a text from Frenchie. Reminding me it's ten past three. Time flies. I have to be at the gig for sound check at four, so I made profound apologies and leapt back out of the salon. Took a cab to the gig, but as so often happens with taxis, they only know where the front door is. I was dropped outside the gig, another huge conference hall, but couldn't see any evidence of buses, trucks or rock and roll. There was, however, a hotel called the City Club Hotel next to the venue, so I dived in there to escape the cold and texted Frenchie, who came over to point me at the right door. Inside, in catering, I managed to find a bit of old roast pork left over from lunch, which was absolutely yummy. Apologies to vegetarian readers out there. The caterers on this tour are called Gigabyte, and although we haven't taken out caterers on our own tours for a few years now, they're better than any I remember us having back then. If we should ever need on-road cooks, we'll be on the phone. Soundcheck went well after a slightly dodgy sound yesterday. My sound today is really exciting, while very well defined. Phil Brown, our monitor engineer, doesn't rest on his laurels, but continues to work on everyone's stage mix each day. I can hear mine constantly improving, despite not having asked. Cheers, Phil. And I owe him money. Back to the bus for a quick half hour on charge, before returning for a radio interview with Radio Oldenburg, and then on to stage. Now this was to be a good show. I felt much better tonight and much more at ease with myself than I have been for the last couple of gigs. The crowd seemed up for it, astonishingly clapping along to the first verse of King, only the second song in the set. I thought I would have remained in the zone anyway, but a good crowd always helps. Fantastic show all round.
Cheers, Oldenburg. I look forward to coming back. Saturday, 27th of November. Hamburg. Rolled out of bed and into the gig to grab a bit of breakfast around 10.30. Asked Frenchie to call me a cab into town. I love Hamburg and I was keen to go and have a wander round. I was dropped at one corner of the lake by the Rathaus town hall and saw a big sign saying Oakley outside a shopping mall. Sadly, I have lost my Oakley sun specs somewhere, I suspect, in Memmingen, so I went inside the mall and eventually found the Oakley shop and bought another pair. Ouch. You don't want to lose too many pairs of Oakleys. Popped into Starbucks and grabbed a chai latte to take out, walking through to the Rathaus Square, where there was a Christmas market in full swing, packed with Saturday shoppers and tourists. There were many stalls selling food, cheese, meat, cooked delicacies, freshly baked breads and cakes, and drink, glue vine, egg punch, beer, hot chocolate, along with little stalls selling tree decorations, wood carvings, knitted woolens, candles, and of course, bottle brushes. I never understood the origin of so many bottle brush specialists here in Germany. There seems to be a stall on every market, selling every imaginable type of them. This is obviously a country which cannot bear the sight of a merely rinsed bottle, but must thoroughly scour the inside before reusing or disposing. Commendable, I say. Let's bring bottle brush culture to the UK soon. From the Rathaus, I remembered my way back to the Marriott Hotel where we have stayed on previous tours when playing the nearby Market Halle. There's a little shopping arcade beneath the Marriott which contains a train set shop. Went and had a look at the miniature trains. At two and a half, Little Vibes is probably a bit young for a train set this Christmas. They're not cheap and he'll probably bury it in the garden. Perhaps next year. I went and tried the hair salon called Fun in the arcade. Christina, the manageress, remembered me from a year ago. Nice. Got a worrying text from Elle saying she's feeling dizzy and nauseous. Oh shit. Let's hope it's not the beginning of another illness. After Portugal, I know only too well how hard it will be for her to be totally alone with a two-year-old while unwell and how hard it is for me to be living away with that knowledge. Finally got the roots done and returned to the lake where there was a winter market also set up, full of bars and shops selling cooked candied almonds, mandeln, which have an unmistakable spicy, warm, festive smell. The Germans sure know how to do Christmas. Took a cab back to the Sporthalle in time for soundcheck. The usual routine of sound check, dinner and nap, then pre-show tipple. In Oldenburg, I tried a tequila and Beck's mix. Really horrible, but it did put me in a good place. And up on stage. Again, we had a good show, although I wonder if I'm looking a little too desperate to please. I guess that's just because it's not our crowd and I can't just throttle back and feel the love. I sensed a lot of Marillion fans in the crowd tonight. And, again, we were listened to by the many thousands there who were clearly unfamiliar with our music. At the end of Neverland, a roar of appreciation went up throughout the hall. Great. Back at our dressing room, 
Roger Glover was waiting to shake hands and say well done. I showered and then sat in our dressing room, regaining my strength for a while. Called Lynetta, who tells me she's feeling better this evening, so hopefully this afternoon's nausea was just a passing thing. Klaus, the tour promoter and mastermind of the deep purple stroke Marillion idea, came backstage to say that we had been offered a festival next summer on July the 16th by the guy he had brought along to see us play in Nuremberg. He asked us to think of any appropriate band with whom we might do a tour like this again next year. Hmm. Serious answers on a postcard, please. I could hear the beginning of Don's keyboard solo growling up the stairs, so I went down and stood in the wings to listen to it. It's a scripted solo, but it's different each night. He usually throws a tune in which has significance to the town we're in, and tonight it was an oompah waltz about the Raperbahn, which had them all swaying in their seats and drew huge applause afterwards. I watched the band till the end tonight, and Ian Gillen slid over and said hello at one point during one of the solos. At the first encore, an additional guitarist mounted the stage with Steve Morse. I didn't recognise him, but he sure seemed to know his way around his white strat for smoke on the water. As he played, his facial expressions became strangely familiar. I went over to the monitor desk and watched more closely. Turns out it was none other than Jürgen Blackmore, son of Ritchie. He looked like Ritchie, but older. That sounds ludicrous until you remember that the last time I saw Ritchie Blackmore, he will have been ten years younger than his son is now. The same thing happened the day I ran into Julian Lennon, and I remember wondering who this bloke is, like John Lennon, only older. As Jürgen left the stage, he shook my hand and said he'd enjoyed our show. Steve Morse popped into the wings at one point and said, Hey, the man with the golden tubes, why don't you come up and sing a song, man? Well, that would indeed be a memory. But I'm not about to burst on there and sing Smoke on the Water without approval from Ian Gillen, who, strangely, had neither introduced Jürgen Blackmore to the stage or acknowledged him when he left. There's a lot of bad blood between Ian and Richie, said his assistant, Sally. What a shame. And we're back! And that was the diary. Uh, (laughs) Stephanie's going for it with a bit of yarn. She's casting off. Casting off. I've got three quick questions about the diary, and then we'll and then we'll talk to Stephanie again. So, so first thing, shout you shouted out to Phil in the diary in his monitor monitor engineer role about how great a sound you'd got. Mm. And mm. you inferred the fact that Phil just every day would do something to improve everything. That's a yeah. lovely thing to say. It's the truth. I would hear my monitor sound improve from one one day to the other. You know, it would improve across the tour till it couldn't get any better, at which point I'd say, Phil, this can't get any better, leave it alone. Um, So he would always, he would always, you know, put some headphones on and go through each person's monitor mix and, and just check that, you know, it was 
they'd got what they needed, and if if, if they'd commented about anything the show before, you know, oh, couldn't hear the snare drum, or that was a bit harsh. He would sort he would sort it out, Brilliant. and I um I, I he always gave me a great monitor sound, and and it did him it did improve across the tour. He's a, he's a, he's a diamond. He's an absolute diamond. Um, yeah, that only happens if you care, you know, yeah. because he'd be paid just as much if it if if it stayed the same. Mm. But that, that's the the caring thing. Mm, we know he cares. Um, a little bit of a shame. Obviously, everything about this tour had been great, and Deep Purple had been great, and all relations have been great, and this and the other. Yeah, and you mentioned that Jurgen Blackmore's on stage playing mm. a white strat, uh, looking mm. like an older version of his dad. Mm. Um, but that just that little bit at the end about the fact that Ian Gillan hadn't introduced and there was no contact. Just that, just you know, little, slight shame, wasn't it? Really, it was downright weird. You know, I, I I couldn't imagine somebody walking onto our stage who wasn't in the band to to contribute anything without me introducing them and thanking them when they left again afterwards. And he did neither, and I thought that was a bit strange. And I, I, I mentioned it to his personal assistant Sally, and she said, "Oh, it's a lot of bad blood between Ian and Richie." But can you blame the, can you blame the no. children for the sins of the father? He's, I don't think you should. No. Um, but but then of course, I don't know the first thing about what's gone down there. No. No. Um, it so just I, felt a I shame, that was all. Mm, it is a shame. Seemed like a nice bloke as well. Well, in terms of questions, I left my best till last. Oh, um, good. And only because it ties in with something that's happened to me this week. So you talked about bottle brush culture in Germany. Oh, yes. Yes, that's extraordinary. Mm. Um, if you go to... Um, if you go to any kind of open-air sort of market, it doesn't even have to be a Christmas market... Um, you can just be walking around a lake and uh, someone will have put a market stall up selling bottle brushes for reasons unknown. And there'll be every kind of bottle brush, you know, for, for something that would cater for the very thin orifice all the way all the way through to something you could sweep a fucking chimney with, practically. Um and I've always found that extraordinary, um, and yet somehow regrettable that there isn't more of that going on in England. Right. Well, we'll hold that thought because this week in the in the you know the middle aisle in Aldi. You don't because you only show up shop in Waitrose. But you know the middle aisle in Aldi. We this week we bought a pack of three bottle brushes. Did you? Yes. Ah. Yeah. That wouldn't be the same. The, the the ones in Germany tend to be exquisitely crafted with wooden handles and whatnot. They're right, not, these they're weren't not like just, that. No, no. They, they, I mean, they they are. There's it's there's a whole there's a whole arts and crafts bottle brush movement in Germany for right. reasons un, unknown, and for further reasons unknown, when you go around a Christmas market, there'll be a bottle brush stall, which isn't very Christmassy, frankly. But they just can't do without one, right? They have to have their brushes. Uh, they have to have their bottles scrubbed clean, in and out. Mm. Which is, as I said in the diary, is to be admired. 
Should we and leave I bottle still, brushes there? I still have the goat's hair radiator brush that I bought there. And if not for the fact that I've got these plugged in in my head and and the fact that our cupboards are in such a desperate state and I, 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 it'd take me an hour to find it. But we've still got them. And they're black and white striped goat's hair. And it's very long and and sort of wang, wangy. Wangy. Wangs, you can wang it about, and it's about. <laughs> All right, it's yeah, it's impressive. Oh, yeah, yeah, and you can get right in and out your radiator with it. Right, I I feel I feel it's an Instagram post coming, but do it ahead of the <laughs> the episode so people have no clue, because your random Instagram posts are the best. <laughs> And, no. Anyway, we'll leave bottle brushes and radiator brushes yeah. there. Goat's um, hair. I mean, goat's, goat's hair, hair, for goat's God's hair. sake. Goat's hair. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Don't um, get that in Aldi. Yes, because it's probably quite an experience for the goat, to be honest. Mm. Um, so, Stephanie, then, final questions coming to you. Okay. You, you've you always kind of been part of the Marillion family. So when did that come about? How did that happen? Um, Officially joining the team that happened after the barbecue they had a barbecue oh. in oxford that the band came along to that lucy had organized and people randomly picked out the hat went along and i got to meet the lovely lucy and we got on like a house on fire and uh we met up because she lives not far from me about 15 minutes drive so we met up a few times went shopping um, and then she mentioned to me that there were a few things, you know, could I help out? You know, I said, like, I'm happy to help out with my kids were little then. Um, and actually the, the first thing that I came to help out with was the packing of marbles. So I came along furiously packing CDs and vinyl and stuff. And then her assistant at the time, Christine had decided to move on and, she gave me a few other tasks to do and then Christine left. And so she asked me to come and work for her. And I was absolutely delighted mm. because if you'd said to me when I was 18, what do you want to do? I would have said, I want to work for Genesis or Marillion or another rock band. Never ever dreaming in my life that that would actually happen. Mm. And it did. But I kind of, I kind of knew the band back in, from the early days, because I used to go to the marquee a lot. Um, I never actually saw Marillion at the marquee. It's one of the few bands I never got to see at the marquee. Um, but I used to see them, I think the first time I saw Marillion was Hammersmith on the script tour, December 83. And I also used to follow a band called Jadis. Mm. And the keyboardist of Jadis was Pete Salmon, who is Joe Rothery's brother. So, of course, Joe and Steve used to come to all the gigs. So I used to talk to them. And as the years went by, i see them at gigs and talk. And so it wasn't entirely strangers when I no. came to first work for the band. But it's... But very strange to be stood in the kitchen at Racket with all of them there. It, that was I have to say that was a very strange moment. I must admit, the first time I was stood in the kitchen at Racket with everybody there was also a very strange moment. There's something a bit strange about that kitchen. With Pete eating out of his Tupperware. 
Yeah. He does. He still well, has his Tupperware. There's a fighting chance you'll catch some fungal disease in that kitchen as well. So it's, it's not just strange, dangerous. Yeah. Well, I always find as well the toilet just around the corner. It's a bit too close proximity to a kitchen for me. Ah, but it's one room removed. <laughs> well, yes, I know. Uh, I know. Yeah. Albeit a, quite a small one. And it does have a door, yes. Yeah. Thankfully. Just, just I never the avoidance shot it, of doubt. You know. I never shut the loo door. I was forgetting. I regularly get burst in upon. What you've just said reaffirms that whole thing. And one of the first times I went to Rackett, I remember Steve Steve R saying to me, "Do you like our little cottage industry?" And it's the whole thing that then talks to the whole family feel as well, because it is like a little cottage industry, isn't it? There's no. It's probably the best way of de- of describing it. Without a doubt. I mean, I think. People have this image in their mind when they think of Racket Records as, you know, it being sort of a big warehouse with loads of people doing loads of packing and it being quite autonomous. And it it isn't that at all. I mean, in all honesty, it's rich. You know, rich is the linchpin for everything of Racket Records. All the orders fit, you know, they come in. Labels are printed. He packs them all with loving care and sends them off. I and mean, I come in to help when we're really busy. We draft in a few extra people from the fan club when it's a big release. All sat round in tables, furiously packing bits of cardboard and shoving them in plastic bags. You know, and everybody, everybody just does a bit of everything. It's 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 just us, you know. And and whatever needs doing, one of us will turn our hands to, you know. You know, if Rich says, oh, you know, can you come in and do this? I'll come in and help. Lucy will come in and help. It's, you know, sometimes, you know, my kids have been in to help, you know, if we've been really busy to pack things. It's, yeah, it, it's 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 very much a, a family. You know, Mike's there as well. So, you know, sometimes he'll end up taking deliveries when, you know, a great big stack of cardboard comes. He opens the shutter and it comes in. It's, it's. Yeah, it's just it's just us doing all of it, really. But I would say that you know, Rich does well, and to almost be fair, everything. When he, and and if you've ever been in, you ever seen Rich when he's at work? He's so happy in his work as well. <laughs> he's such a such a cheery individual. It's just a joy, a joy to be around, yeah. isn't it? Really. <laughs> but Wilson joins in as well. So for those that yes. don't know, Wilson yes. is Rich's yes. dog. That's your first inauguration to Racket. If you get past Wilson, you've done you've done fairly you know you've done fairly okay. Yeah, Wilson's blind and has a bit of a what's the word a, a, t- a tendency to ram his nose with great force into your genitalia. He does do that. Um, so it makes your eyes water. You got to be you got to be a bit careful. It's a bit like Chrissy Hind, to be honest. You never approach Wilson head on. You go you go in sideways. I've heard you do that with Chrissy. Well, I can't think of a better place to stop. <laughs> Stephanie, thank you very much for finding the time. Obviously, obviously the secret's out. My Lucy pleasure. Lucy knows you're not working, but, you know, we'll we'll try and mask it. I'll block her download. <laughs> no, she did She yeah. did give me permission to be off today. And the so. world knows that Racket Records is run out of a small toilet in uh, the Aylesbury. Yes, in, yes. Right. In which case, have a great PZ... Uh, good luck with everything. Thank uh, you. Safe travels and all that. I hope you have a time. great PZ too, Steph. Mm. I really do. I won't bring anything to your merch store. You know, I am really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing familiar faces, new faces, and just just seeing so many. It's just like a sea of, of 
of smiles and there's nothing quite like it it's very it's very hard to explain unless you've been there and seen it but it's just it is it's a sea of smiles i like that sea of smiles uh h one quick technical thing uh, what are we doing next are we actually recording next week are we doing 150 have we got a plan oh my goodness because i'll be where will i be oh no i'll be here well, can yeah, if you like, yeah, I can. Do, I, I can do it here on Monday, before I go to Amsterdam. Right. Should we just do on something my... low key for one fifty in a kind of complete reversal of what it should be? Something low key. Yeah, I, th- I think we normally have a you know a, a kind of heavy duty guest on, don't we, mm. for the big for the big zeros. Um, maybe bearing in mind it's it's, it's we've got so much going on. Perhaps we should just have... Why don't we get everybody excited about 153? Why don't we just whisper for 150? Just have a little sort of vibe. Yeah, let's do that then. So, I'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye then. <laughs> Monsters of the deep. <laughs> Are we done? <laughs> thanks for listening to the corona diaries it featured steve hogarth with the insights and me Ant short with the questions if you enjoyed the podcast please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it you could even share with other like-minded souls should the mood take you this has been an a short stories production